Did you hear something? No. Hmm. Did I? I don't know. It's Simpsons time. I cannot believe I'm doing this. I'm crazy. I must have lost my mind. And I'm still deciding to do this today for you. The episode that we are discussing today is 22 short films about Springfield, a standout in every way in the entire series. Um, came at the end towards the end, not at the very end of season seven. And it changed the course of the show. Most people agree changed it for the better and, you know, did extremely good things for the series. Most people think that, not everyone. The writers on this are the entire writing staff, um, but I am going to just rattle off the names just for fun. Rich Appel, David S. Cohen, Jonathan Collier, Jennifer Crittenden, Greg Daniels, Brent Forrester, Rachel Polito, Steve Tompkins, Bill Oakley, Josh Weinstein, and Matt Groening. Uh, it was... A very, very long time before that, the last time that Matt Groening had a writing credit. So, is this your favorite episode? This is so many people's favorite episode. I remember where I was when I first saw it. I saw it live. I was in college. Um, and my friends, my group of friends uh, of back then would gather together in someone's dorm room every week to watch The Simpsons. Um, we watched some very, very good ones that way, including Bart on the Road and uh, Much Apu About Nothing. But I remember how excited I was to see this. Um, a lot of my friends in this group were aspiring filmmakers. They were in film school at NYU. Uh, and just the idea to them that there could be 22 short films taking place within the Simpsons universe, but not all about the Simpsons was just so cool to those people. Um, you know, the fact that it's chopped up and experimental was was very mind-blowing at the time to our little 19, 20-year-old minds. Um, God, was I still 18? I can't remember what age I was, but anyway. Uh, and one friend of mine grew up 
uh, in Clinton, New York, which is outside of Utica. And he already loved Superintendent Chalmers. So when Superintendent Chalmers spoke the line saying that he's from Utica, uh, my friend Mike just like died. It was so great. Um, and I had another friend, Mo, who's from Bangladesh, and uh, Apu being identified as a jolly Bengali in the beginning was extremely delightful to Mo as well. Um, it was, I mean, it was like really one of the most delightful viewings of The Simpsons and most delightful moments in like the history of The Simpsons for me personally. So just a little programming note about Simpsons time. I'm going to try to not watch the DVDs that I own with the commentaries anymore because I find that uh, in my mental tiredness as I'm getting to this point of the show, often I just paraphrase what uh, the people in the DVD commentary say like much too much to my liking I you know and I throw out my own opinions because the the things that you know the legit people have said seem more correct and more received and everything and that makes for I feel like a less interesting Simpsons time than you deserve um so I'm going to stop doing that but that said uh I did watch this last night with the commentaries on and I can tell you and if you enjoy this aspect of it, I guess um, enjoy it while you can because it's going away. Uh, the, the inspiration for this, according to Oakley and Weinstein, was um, the little button at uh, the end of one episode of season four. Um, that was the, uh, the Ned Flanders little mini show with a, with a theme song. Hens love roosters, geese love ganders, everyone else loves Ned Flanders. Um, and that was done, you know, in the spirit of Archie laugh and a half, you know, the little um, space filler cartoons that would go in the bigger... Um, comic book stories that was picked up just in that one show in The Simpsons and they, you know, by the time they got to be showrunners of The Simpsons, they liked it so much that they wanted to bring it back in grand fashion by stitching together many, many, many of these um, you know, complete with theme songs and everything the only two theme songs, of course that survived because it was I'm sure just hell to edit all of this stuff together and to make sure, you know, there's time for everything, um, were the Skinner and the Superintendent, which is amazing, and uh, even more famous, Cletus the Slackjawed Yokel. There was one for Apu the Jolly Bengali, but they ended up just using the card without the theme song. 
Everyone, for good reason, loves the Cletus the Slackjawed Yokel song, and it definitely thrust Cletus into the limelight in a way that he had not enjoyed before. Um, but definitely don't sleep on the Skinner and Superintendent theme song either. I mean, that is a really funny one, too. You may have noticed that there are not 22 of these short films. Uh, there has, there was an art film called 32 Films About Glenn Gould, short films about Glenn Gould. Um, and the, that is what that's a reference to. And they always, you know, from the genesis creatively of the episode, they wanted it to be titled that, and so it always was. Um, and they kept that title with no regard for how many films actually were present. Um, just if I like count to myself, I can count like 10. <laughs> and uh, I think that is counting the Lisa and the bee sting, you know, Lisa and the, the, the stuff in the hair. Uh, and the that the whole Pulp Fiction stuff, both of those that reappear throughout the episode. I'm counting both of those as one short film. Um, I think there's still only like ten or eleven. And even if you uh, count the individual pieces of both of those, the total is I don't know, like sixteen. But it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter at all. Everyone has their favorite. A lot of people's favorite is uh, Skinner and Chalmers. It is really great. Um, what it's based on is, I think this happened in Sweet Seymour Skinner's Badass Song, or maybe in the very first appearance of Chalmers. I can't remember. Um, Chalmers goes along with Skinner's lie saying that he would hear R's as B's and it was in fact an ad lib um, by the actors it was not scripted um, and that gave birth to that entire you know little vignette of the steamed hams where Chalmers is just like not quite giving up on Skinner just humoring him and his pathetic lying ways <laughs> like throughout this entire thing. Mmm, steamed hams. Uh, apparently there was a crusty segment that was cut, which is a shame because I'm sure that was very good. I always love crusty. Um, one of the reasons why they might cut something like that is because Krusty is one of the characters that talks very slowly. Um, and they already have one with Love, Joy, talks slowly. And that great one that they were never about to lose with uh, Skinner and Chalmers. Something that I noticed not until my, you know, 
10th or 11th or 12th or 13th viewing of 22 short films about Springfield is that um, in the the end Nelson segment where the old lady falls over her walker and uh, tumbles into the garbage can <laughs> you keep seeing the old lady's legs kicking in the air in like three different shots that are not supposed to be about her anymore and it's so weird like I can't think of anything else in The Simpsons ever that does that and I find it funny every time I see it This is the first appearance of Very Tall Man, of course, the uh, character physically based on writer Ian Maxstone Graham, uh, who actually, you know what, I said that it was the entire writing staff who did this episode, but he's not listed as one of the writers, so that is incorrect on my part. But he was indeed a writer at this point, and they thought that he was interesting looking enough that they would design a character based on him. Do I have a favorite? You know, I love the Bumblebee Man one. Um, and I think that's a particular point of pride for Rachel Polito Oakley, who at that point wasn't married to Bill Oakley yet. Um, I think she's really, really a great Simpsons writer. And she's Mexican. And uh, she apparently grew up watching um, El Chapulín Colorado, which is the show that, you know, the whole Channel Ocho Bumblebee Man show is based on this sort of very broad sitcom humor appealing to young and old alike a lot of slapstick um, Bumblebee Man comes home and in Spanish talks to his wife about his terrible day at work and then the same thing starts to happen at his home um, and I like that because of that but I also like it because their pet is the same chihuahua uh, that was drawn um, as a scale comparison to the comet when it finally burnt up in the atmosphere. In Bart's Comet. There's one annoying animation error uh, at the very end of that when he's in the rubble of his house and he goes, Donde esta mi tequila? His skin color is suddenly not the right color. Oh well. Next time do better, Simpsons animators that did an amazing tour de force job <laughs> in this never before conceived of style. Uh... Jim Reardon was the animation director on this, and he had a just bare of a job to do, and he did it. I particularly like the phone line segue between Cletus calling his ma from the telephone pole, um, and then we pan down the telephone lines 
so that comic book guy can answer the phone in his store. Um, I think that's my favorite of the segues, but the, the B segue is also really great. Um, you know, the, one of the bees that ended up on Lisa's head flies around, stopping momentarily to look at Bumblebee Man, uh, and then ends up stinging Smithers in the eye. That's a really good segue as well. And I don't, I mean, there's almost nothing you can say besides just, you know, kick back and watch the episode. It is incredible. And it really did usher in a new era of appreciating the, like, tertiary or fourth tertiary characters in Springfield. Um... I guess each of these writers had a favorite character that they always tried to write for, and they got to choose his or her favorite. And it really shows. I mean, it's as tiny as each of them is, they're very lovingly done. Um, something else that I didn't notice until later on in my career of watching this is that... <laughs> It really escalates very fast from uh, hawking loogies off the overpass that Bar uh, Bart and Milhouse in the framing device in the beginning are doing to squirting ketchup and mustard. <laughs> they just do it without thinking. Like suddenly they have ketchup and mustard bottles to wield uh, and victimize the people with. Which I think is great. Um, and the last thing I say, I will say, rather, about this great episode, which I just love, um, is that I always love seeing Apu having a good time. I think he deserves to. He works so hard. Um, and that's why I loved that uh, very first short film so much. Where he spends five minutes having the time of his life. Do you know, uh, sex in the changing room of the pool and jumping into the pool and uh, uh, eating the raw soy dog, <laughs> etc. This has been Simpsons Time. Thank you for listening to Simpsons Time. Break aside, robots, please report to the dance floor. Midnight Star with Freakazoid to end this discussion of 22 short films about Springfield here on Simpsons Time through the Debaculator, my podcast. Thank you for listening. My name is Amanda Nazario. I will see you next week for another discussion of a different Simpsons episode. Uh, that chihuahua, of course, also seen being shoveled uh, into the fuel compartment of the train in the canine mutiny. 
The very tall man, of course, also seen at the beginning of the city of New York versus Homer Simpson. But you knew that already. All right, go make 22 short films of your own. And uh, I will talk to you anon. Bye.